message is from Family Worship Center. This message will not only build your life, but will make you experience the transforming love of God. Open up your heart and be blessed. Lord, the Bible says the entrance of your word brings light and understanding to the simple. I ask, O oh God, this morning that your word will be understood and that I will make it simple through the help of the Holy Spirit. More than that, Lord, we just want you to imprint these words in our hearts and cause us to not forget this word, that this word will change us forever for good. Lord, I thank you because every distraction is under control. Every problem is subject now to the word of God. I take authority over it and I release the grace that makes hearing the word easy and understanding, understandable and also the anointing to preach well. I receive it right now in Jesus' name. Proverbs chapter 3. Okay, let's start with chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4 and Luke chapter 12 and Ephesians chapter 5. Proverbs 4, Luke 12, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 5. I read Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Because wisdom is the principal thing, get it. And in all your getting, get understanding. Exalt her. Exalt wisdom. She will promote you. She will bring you honor. Everybody say honor. honor. It is not honor. <laughs> it is honor. Say it one more time. She will give you honor um, when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. So automatically we know from, one glory, from glory to glory, one of the ways to have it is through wisdom. Wisdom will give you glory based on the word of God. Wisdom, so underline that. Wisdom will give you, underline the things wisdom will give you. Wisdom will exalt you. Wisdom will promote you. Wisdom will bring you honor. Wisdom will place an ornament of grace upon you. And wisdom will give you glory. Wow. Hallelujah. So let's go to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Are you there? Verse 15. This is the main reason why I told you to bring out your Bible. Because this, we did this exercise with Pastor Ina over 20 years ago. Verse 15, and he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. Take heed and beware of covetousness. Underline that. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Underline that whole verse. Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? So every time you see I and my, underline it, okay? That was the assignment we did with Pastor Ina, and I've never forgotten it till today. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do, since I have no more room to store my crops, my? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, So, you have many goods laid up, for, laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, What did God say? 
Everybody say it. This night, your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. Is that easy enough? Ephesians chapter 5. I hope you underlined the eye and the mind. Can you count it? How many eyes and minds? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. About ten. There are ten, ba? I, my, I think there are between eleven and ten and eleven. If you are, te- if you say ten, you are correct. If you say you are eleven, you are correct. If you say fifteen, you are correct, because you are getting revelations we are not getting. So, <laughs> Ephesians, Ephesians chapter five. Verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as, but as redeeming the time because the days are, therefore do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Everybody's awake now. So as you already know, our theme for the year is living wisely intentionally living wisely intentionally intentional living should guide our thoughts and actions this year that nothing about you is casual nothing about you is taken for granted that you are living intentionally you are dressing intentionally you are eating intentionally you are sleeping time intentional your waking time intentional everything is intentional nothing left to chance No decision or action should be taken casually. We must be deliberate, like we saw in Ephesians, living circumspectly as wise, not as fools. To live circumspectly is to be cautious. It is to examine all the circumstances that may affect a decision or a measure you want to take or adopt. It is to live carefully to examine every decision or measure you want to take. That is what it means to live circumspectly. It is to literally look at all sides before making a decision. You don't look at one side, you look at all sides. You look at your side, you look at people's side, you look at God's side, and you look at how this decision is going to affect you. It is to pay attention to all the facts with with a view to correct a course of conduct in order to avoid danger or a terrible consequence. I say that again. To be circumspect is to pay attention to all facts with a view to correct a course of conduct in order to avoid danger or terrible consequences. Therefore, as a Christian, you must always stop and think carefully. Look at all the sides, consider all the facts and the possible consequences and then find out what the will of God is. What does the Bible say about that thing before taking a decision? Because your utmost as a Christian is to live by the standards of the Bible. So there are two parts to our theme this year. A, shun foolishness. B, be wise. To do, to be able to shun foolishness and to be wise, wisdom is principal, like we saw. And we've already seen what wisdom will do. It will exalt you, promote you, honor you, It will put a crown on your head 
and it will give you honor. Foolishness, on the other hand, will lead you to shame and pain. Foolishness always leads to pain and shame. There are some decisions you take and think that I have the right to take them. But when the consequences hit you, you are like, no, but this was not what I planned for. But see, when you were taking them, you thought you were in control. So, foolishness will always bring you pain and shame at the end. There are two people in the Bible categorically called fools. One in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament. And both of them were men. <laughs> Sila. And one of the things I found out in the course of doing this study and research is that foolishness is associated with a, a, a dissociation from God. It is self-confidence. It is thinking outside of God. The first person that was called a fool in the Bible is called Nabal. Nabal, the husband of Naomi, um, of Abigail. He threw a party, got drunk, was celebrating his wealth. And forgot to acknowledge the deliverance God wrought for him through David. And actually despised and insulted David when he asked for some supplies. No matter what you do in life, never forget anybody who has helped you. That's wisdom. Always remember. Never forget the goodness. Of, don't say, hey, is it because of the 10,000 naira you gave me? If you want, I can give you 10,000. I can give you 1 million. No, when he gave you that 10,000, it was more than 1 million. It was more than 1 million. That 10,000 could have cost you your life or the life of your child. Don't say, is it because of the, is it because, is it because, don't, don't despise or look down on any help that helped you at one point. Mm -hmm. I'm already preaching and I'm feeling good already. And it's not even in my notes. So, he said, ah, who are these little boys that are asking for help? Some, some of these people can just run away from their masters and be claiming that they helped me. Huh? And David came to kill him. But then Abigail intercepted. So he forgot the deliverance God wrought for him and despised it, insulting David. And David was fleeing from Saul from, for trouble, from trouble. And of course, this singular act of Nabal had a terrible consequence because he died. And the sad thing about his dying was that he left the things he was bragging. He left all the wealth. He left it. And I'm going to talk about that in a little while. The second person that was called a fool is the rich fool. The Bible actually just called him the rich fool, where we read. So you can be rich and be a fool. Isn't that amazing? We always look at rich people and we honor them and all, but in God's eyes, they have, some of them are fools. The rich fool. So it's not everybody who has money, lives in a big house, drives fantastic cars that is smart in the eyes of God. The Bible calls this one a rich fool. This year, God blessed him with a bumper harvest. More than he expected. Too much that he didn't even have enough storage room because he didn't plan, he, did, he never expired it. <laughs> never. So he planned to knock down his barns and build bigger new ones. But he failed to find out the purpose for which God allowed that bumper harvest. And any time you do not find out the purpose of a blessing, you are going to misuse it. 
Write that down. Anytime you do not find out the purpose of a thing, you will abuse it. So, they just paid you 10 million of your arrears or something. And you think it's your money. You have not asked God. If you do not ask God, you are going to misuse it. I'm, not going, to, I'm going to try and stay with my notes. I'm not going to even be jumping around. I'll let Pastor Wilson help me with that one. I'll stand here because I need for you to hear what I'm saying. God does not bless us so that we store it in the bank for ourselves, for our future. Write that down. God does not bless us so that we store it in the bank for ourselves in the, in the future. He always has somebody or some people in mind every time he blesses you. You are always only supposed to be a steward holding in trust anything he gives you pending when he will direct you on how to distribute it or disburse it. In the case of Nabal, God had blessed him because he knew David was going to come and he wanted to stop that. The, the, the rich fool didn't even give us an opportunity to know what, how God wanted the money to be used because God judged him immediately. So whenever God puts something in your hands, listen for the assignment. Listen for the assignment. This is so key. I need you to know this as a human being, as a Christian in Family Worship Center, that whenever God puts money or resources in your hand, there is an assignment attached to it. It is not all about you. In both cases, whether it was Nabal or the rich fool, there was an assignment. There was a reason. There was a purpose for the money. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, please put it up there. 2 Corinthians chapter not chapter 2, chapter 9, verse 11. See why God will give you resources. God enriches you, you while you are enriched in everything for liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Please hear why God gives you certain tons of money. It is for liberality, so that many thanks will go to God. This is how the, new, the TPT translation the Passion Translation, if you have it, put it up there. It says you will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generally, generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many thanks. So listen to me. Every time you have money, it is for occasions. It is for the occasion of that woman's need. For the occasion of that person's school fees need. For the occasion of your brother's need. It is for the church planting. It is for the giving of something. It is not for you alone. It is not for storage. I found out that, and I'm going to, I pray I don't forget, down the road. So every occasion will include church planting, OGS, widows, orphans, siblings, care group members, village people, needy people around you. And every time you give, the Bible says that thanks are bound to God. So the rich fool thought of nobody but himself. His life was all about him. And like I said, count how many times I and my appeared. And how many times I and my appear in your vocabulary, in your life. How many th times are you thinking of me, 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 my family, my children, me, we, I, me. Your life is around you and your children, that's all. You don't, you don't think of anybody else. Every money you get, you eat because your future will be there waiting for you. No, I was just kidding. You didn't even get the joke. 
His life was all about him. And that made God really angry. On both cases, God caused their hearts to stop. Two days later, Nabal's heart became like a rock. He just froze. He died. And that night, God... Can I tell you something? Your heartbeat is not beating because you are beating it. <laughs> Your heartbeat is not beating because you are beating it. It's beating because God is allowing it to beat. And when he has had enough of you, he will stop it from beating. So when you think of yourself only, it does not make God happy. When you think of only yourself and your family storing for the future, he said, now my soul, relax and eat for many years. Says who? Is it that God is limited to give for the years to come? No. It's just because he was selfish. That night, for both Nabal and him, all they prided themselves in the left behind. He lost it all because of self-love. I have made myself a, pol a policewoman on, on WhatsApp stories. And I see what you people post. And there is this craze about self-love. It's one big revelation from America. You know, it's America that directs us. That you have to love yourself first. Pamper yourself. After all, God said, love your neighbor as yourself. And it's all about self-love. It sounds good, but it's not scriptural. It is worldly wisdom. It is earthly wisdom. It is not godly wisdom. You say, Pastor, how? How so? Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself. He must deny himself. So self-love, me, myself, my comfort, my soft place, my this, is not the will of God. Let him, he must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Which version did I get most from? One of the versions, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Self-love is not the idea. It is God-love. Not self-love, but God-love. Because God-love will make you do any and everything. So that's the first thing I want to comment on. And then I want to comment on the properties you leave behind. The, the properties you say, you are, they are yours. I see a very sad phenomenon happen in life. Where somebody will walk and walk and walk and store. And store and store. And when he dies, useless people take that. It is not even his family. It's that rubbish uncle that, you, that used to anger you. They are going to come and collect that money, those uncles. And they will not even give your children. Your widow, I see it in church. It has happened in church. So the things, I want you to get this point because I got it. Like all the things you have suffered and saved thinking you are going to use it well for yourself. You die now. They will not give it to where you wanted it to be given. They will give it to your family. God saves you, that brother that is always drunk, that you don't even talk to, they will give him 10 million. They will give him your Mercedes or your... They, they will share your car among these nonsense people that have no clue on how to even use them. So if God gives you the grace to direct your wealth... It's a big blessing. If God gives you the grace to put your money to sow into heaven, to lay up treasures in heaven, it's a big blessing. Living for yourself is living a foolish life.
and the Bible calls you a fool. In other words, when you live for yourself, you are in the class of Nabal and the rich fool. Be careful with the doctrine and philosophy of self-love. It is contrary to the word of God. Therefore, we must find God-love, and God will take care of us. I want you to know that just acquiring possessions and stuff does not bring fulfillment or happiness. On the contrary, there is no joy greater than the joy of giving, than the joy of giving away. What could have happened if that bumper harvest, the rich fool went, God, if he went to God and said, Father, what do you want me to do with this? It's too much for me. Who do you want me to give? You see, there are some people that have reached a level where the moment any money hits them, they already have a list. They already have a list of who to bless. They live with lists of people to meet their needs all the time. But then a lot of people, it's just to store, 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 store. It's all about you. Can I tell you the truth? I've been a pastor now in this place for 28 years. It's so difficult to give to people who don't give when they are in need. But it's so easy to give to a giver. Even when he doesn't need it, you give. Because you, don't, you want to maintain that receiving and giving end. I never say you don't have anything to give anybody. You give up to people who have more than you. You give down, you give side, sideways. So don't say, eh, what can I give Edward? What can I give eh, Pastor Wilson? What can I give Otoche? Give him. Give him what you think he has. If he has money, give him more money. So we went to celebrate Uncle Boss's birthday one day. And he told the story of a, a woman in this church, I don't know her, who on his birthday put 2,000, was it 2,000, 1,000? Yes, 1,000 naira, but 200 new notes, and wrote happy birthday, Uncle Boss. He was carrying that thing around. Uncle Boss, 1,000 naira. That she thought of him. That she thought of it. Because some of you are saying now, all you are expecting is collecting, collecting. When have you ever reached out to these people? He, he, he carried it. He carried it. He said it's in his pocket that somebody thought of him like that. He, he could see the sacrifice of that woman. That was all she had. But she thought, you know what, Uncle Boss, let me also give you something. Is it her 1,000 naira he needed? Is it your 1,000 naira God needs? Mm -mm. It's just to say, I thought about you. What could have happened if that man removed tithes and offerings? And if you had just checked the Torah and see the requirements of the Torah, when you have too much, what should you do? Torah specifies everything. You should have thought of tithes, offerings, first food, priests, the poor, orphans, and all, and distribute. There is just so much you can eat. There is so much you can wear. There is so much you can drive. You cannot eat everything. You cannot drive everything. You pack the cars in the house. They are, not, they are dying. Whereas you could give it to somebody to use and, be, and thanks will be abounding to you to, on your behalf. I, just the thought that every day over 20, 30 people are thanking God for you is amazing. It's an amazing thought. Versus they are looking at you and cursing you in your heart. Stupid man. You go die, you go die miserable. Your children go suffer. As you know, griots enjoy. And I saw your children no going. They, curses abound on some people's account. 
I'm talking about living intentionally, wisely, intentionally. If he had done that, he would have had a different outcome. But he lacked wisdom. And did not have God in his heart. Are you a rich person in this congregation? Be careful. Don't be a fool. Don't be like Naban. Because the tendency for rich men is to think that it is by your smartness, by your power, by your connection, by your wit that you have, every, that you have everything you have. And therefore, the wealth is for you to do with as you wish. For some rich people in this church, you have thrown two million into the church planting and you want God to send an angel from heaven with a medal to come and give you a, chief, a heavenly chieftaincy title because you gave 2,002 million naira. And you are, you, are, you are prouding, according to my people, you are prouding and thinking you have given anything. Whereas there are people that have less than you, they have poured in close to 100 million in the process. Be careful that your wealth does not become your trap, does not become your problem. Be careful that your knowledge, your worldly knowledge does not become your snare. Be careful. And I don't know about you, I just hate the thought that I will die and they will take my hand and prayed for, fasted for money and give to some uncle in Kurdan, whom when they give him 10 million, it will first confuse him. <laughs> or they take my car and give one Jagbajanti somebody. You say, but pastor, is there any Jagbajanti person? Yes, anybody who doesn't have God and is living a nonsense life is a Jagbajanti that needs salvation. If you don't go home with anything, please go home with the thought that these things I'm gathering, if I die now, what will happen to it? Some people will die and leave things and it will cause enmity between their children for life. Share it while you are alive. Share it. Let everybody have their own. And say the rest I'm keeping for me and my God. I'll be giving to God as I want. You take your own. You take your own. You take your own. That's all. So that there's no enmity. I want you to know that you need wisdom. God's wisdom. God wants all his children to have wisdom. That was why when Solomon asked God for wisdom, God was so happy. God said, oh, you didn't ask for long life or riches. Oh, you didn't ask me to kill all my enemies and let fire burn them. God said, because that is what you ask for, I'm giving you all of this. Hallelujah. Amen. You cannot live successfully without the wisdom of God. And I'm very careful to classify it godly wisdom. Because there's earthly wisdom, natural wisdom, women's, old women's wisdom, street wisdom. But then there is godly wisdom. Before making a decision as a Christian, ask yourself, is this the best and the wisest decision possible? Is this the wisest decision? Is this the wisest thing to do? Before you marry that person, before you spend the money, career, purchases, relocation, investment, even to give, ask, is this the wisest decision? Always stop to ask. Okay, I'm about to sleep with this person now because I'm tired. I've been waiting for a husband. Is that the wisest decision? I'm about to commit an abortion. Is that the wisest thing? Because that child may be the only thing God you have in life. Say, but pastor, I, I didn't plan to get pregnant. That, may, that child may be the salvation you have. And that is a word for somebody right now. As a child of God, you must always ask what God's will is 
And what does it, what is what says? In order to live wisely and intentionally. Because to live unwisely is actually very expensive. First Corinthians chapter 3. Let's, let's turn there. First Corinthians chapter 3. Everybody, let me hear your Bible sleeping. First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seem to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the things of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore, let no one boast in men. Don't boast in any man's wisdom, for all things are yours, whether Apollos or Paul or Cephas, or the world, or life or death. All things present or things to come are all yours, and you are God's, and Christ is, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. So we are gods. We don't belong to ourselves. So all our decisions must be taken from God, with God. In, we must ask God. The, the T2T Bible, I think, says, um, what does it say? The wisdom of the world is foolishness. What, for what the world says is wisdom is actually foolishness in God's eyes. And again, the Lord sees through their clever reasonings of the wise and knows that it is all a sham. So if you decide to do what the Bible says you are, if you decide not to do what the Bible says, you are actually saying, I choose to live a foolish life. And by definition, you are a fool. And you will suffer the consequences of a fool. Thinking that you will have happiness and live happily and successfully without the word of God is to play the fool. Those of you who just up and go, you just do what you want. You just do as you feel. You are playing the fool. It's foolish. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Don't lean on your understanding this year because your understanding is limited, it's corrupted, it's partial, it's not complete. So trust him who knows everything. God knows everything about you. He knows your yesterday. He knows your 10 years ago. He knows your 20 years ago. He knows your tomorrow. He knows about the details of your life that you don't even know. There are certain things you think I know, but God knows more than you know all the time. He knows more than you will ever know. Have you ever heard God say, oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I didn't see it like that. I never thought about that. God never says stuff like that. Because he is all-knowing. He is all-wise. God can never be corrected. He has never revised anything he has done. He has never revised. The Bible has never been revised. Since the sun was in place and everything, it has never moved. He is perfect. He is all-knowing. He knows everything. He is amazing. God is amazing. When he does something, it cannot be improved upon. Look at the flowers. Who can do anything? But have you seen certain birds? One bird can have ten colors on his body. That's our God. He knows details you, you can never know. He knows about you. He has already seen your 10 years, your 20 years, your 50 years if he's going to allow you. In fact, he's the one that will allow you to live anyhow. And if you live foolishly, he can decide to just stop your heart. And so he must be trusted. God has never changed. 
His word is consistent. What I like about the Bible is whether you argue with it or not, it is still there changing people's lives. It is still there changing, making things happen for people. This Bible is giving people children. It's stopping people from drinking. It's stopping people from going mental. It's giving people everything they need. In, he, in the Bible is the fullness of God. And in the Bible, we have everything we need. So whether you believe the Bible or not, no matter how you want to interpret it, it's still doing what you think it cannot do. God is bigger than you. The Bible is bigger than you. And long before you were born, the Bible was there. When you are gone, it will still be there. It's a book that cannot be improved upon. Somebody ought to clap onto the Lord. The finest and most brilliant of men are limited in their knowledge. And actually, their knowledge is their trap. is their foolishness. When a very wise person says there is no God, he is very foolish. The wisdom of God encompasses everything about you. So to live out of God, to live your life outside of God, is a decision. You, can I tell you something? When you decide that I don't want God, I can do it by myself, you're saying I don't want omniscience. I don't want omnipotent. I don't want omniscience. Or I don't want omnipresent. Every time you say I don't want the all-knowing God. I don't want the all-powerful God. I don't want the ever-present God. When you decide to make the decisions by yourself. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live another day in my life without asking God what to do. I never want to do anything by myself anymore. I just want to trust in God and depend on him completely. Somebody say, me too. Apart from God, we don't have it. So intentional wisdom is living, inviting God to guide you, to direct you, and to help you. I want you to know that the person who is living by the wisdom of God can do or see certain things. More than the person that does not believe in God or trust in God. There is a person, a family in this church that gives to a proportion that blows my mind. One day I asked the person, why do you give this much? You know what the person says? He said, I have decided to make God, the kingdom of God, my bank. You don't understand. I have decided to make the kingdom of God my bank. I put it in the kingdom of God and when I need it, God gives it back to me. So that person has understood. That is the opposite of the fool. So that person doesn't save any, doesn't keep money on earth. He just puts it in the work of God. He's given to organizations everywhere. He, sometimes you think the person is mad. I know, blesses people in church all over the place. And every day somebody is thanking God for that family. Tell me how they will not be blessed. Tell me how that person will ever be stranded. The Bible says, for God is unwilling to do without a generous giver. God cannot do without people like that. That person has heard something you have not heard. He has, he has, the, that family has understood a revelation we are yet to catch up. I, I thought I was a giver, but when I saw what these people are doing, I'm like, I had to ask, why do you do this? And then they said, I don't keep my money in the bank. I just hold it until God says, put it somewhere. He says, my bank is the kingdom of God. Hey! That's another level, isn't it? That's another level. Whereas some of us are saving it for our children, saving it for our grandchildren, saving it for our tomorrow because we don't know what Nigeria is going to be. This person does not care about Nigeria. He cares about what God. And he knows that his God will always be there. That's another level. Your friends may tell you, your friends and the world may tell you to do whatever makes you happy. But that is the wisdom of the world, not the wisdom of God. The only person who will always tell you the right and perfect thing all the time is God. And he will direct you through his word. 
Listen to me. God is responsible for the consequences of your obedience. Write that down. God is responsible for the consequences of your obedience and you are responsible for the consequences of your disobedience. It is shared, isn't it? Fairly shared. God is responsible for the consequences of your obedience and you are responsible for the consequences of your disobedience. In conclusion, therefore, to live wisely and intentionally, you must A, have to put God and his word first in your life and in all things. If you're going to live intentionally and successfully, if you're going to go from glory to glory, if you're going to have a crown of, of um, honor, and if you're going to have glory to your, in your life, you must put God and his word first this year. You must make God the center of your life. Take yourself away from your heart. Remove that self-love and put God-love and say, God, it is in you I live and move and have my being. You are the one I live for. I obey you and all. God must be everything. You must retain God in your mind. Romans chapter 1 verse 28. The Bible says because they did not retain God in their minds, he gave them up to a reprobate mind to think debasely. So in order for you to think like God, you must have God on your mind every hour, every hour. Every, no hour should pass and you're not thinking about God. Every day, morning, God, afternoon, God, evening, God, when you lie down, God, when you wake up, first thing, God. And by that, I'm saying you must wake up planning to please him. God must have you. Acts chapter 17, verse 24, in him we live, in him we move. In him we have our being. You must shun living a selfish, self-centered, I, me, myself, my everything life. Shun, stop it. Some of you, your sister will say, let me borrow that cloth. No, 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 don't touch my cloth. It's my cloth. I don't want to see, you. you want them to see the same thing on me and you. It's pride. What do you have that God did not give you? And the thing about that kind of thing, between that, that your sister will come and have clothes. One day you will beg her. That's how God always does. God is watching people's hearts. I remember one time in America, we, ha we are going to, Pastor Ina was going to preach somewhere. And because it was such a big occasion, he bought shoes. I didn't have money to buy shoes. So I asked one of our friends, please, can I borrow your shoe? And we're the same size. The person said, no, 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 no. You know, my legs are somehow, I don't want you to bend it and all. <laughs> and you see the things we don't forget. Today, there is no comparison between me and that friend. I have moved. I can buy one million naira, ten million naira shoe today if I want to. Be careful how you treat people. God watches, he looks. Be careful how you treat your house helps. Wisdom is that you treat your house help like your child because you are laying for your future. That house help will be better than your children. You better be careful. I say it all the time. Don't carry yourself as a peacock. The Bible says do not lift up your head. Say carry yourself on a low level. Shun a selfish life. Stop living for yourself and for your pleasure. Take yourself off the seat of your heart and let God have it completely. Move out and let God move in. Not self-love, but God-love. God, but God-love. God-love. Number C, 
And I think the last point, to live wisely and intentionally, you must trust God with all your heart. Trust God. Trust that God is able. That when you give this away, he will bring new one. And remember like, that I, I will repeat this point, that anytime God gives you 10 million naira, it's not for you. You are just a trustee. You are a trustee, a steward, holding it. And you ought to be saying, Father, what is the instruction? You ought to see how this family, it's like money, it's like they're allergic to money. Literally, as if they're allergic to money. Anytime money comes, it, you will see it. And it's not one, it's everybody around them. That person has gotten a key. And you know what? They don't live in the most beautiful house in Abuja. Mm -mm. It's a decision. They can live on the hill if they want to, but they don't. They live where you and I live. No, not even where I live, to be honest. By choice. It's a God lifestyle. Every time you collect your salary, it's not for you alone because God has children that are not employed. Are you, are you foolish? God is giving you one million naira salary a month. Who be you? You think it's just for you? No. It's for everybody around you. Live wisely. Live a God-directed life. Trust God, seek him, acknowledge him, do only what pleases him. Take the word seriously. Seek first his kingdom. And finally, I want you to know that you are God's property. That he owns you. You don't own yourself. You are his property. You belong to him. You are God's. You are Christ and Christ is God's. Therefore, you are God's. And because of that, you are okay. Since I am... Imagine if they say you are Pastor Sarah's. It means that anything I have, I can give you. So we are God's. And although we are sons, let us choose to live as his servants, serving him with our resources, with our time, with our talent, with our everything, and with our lives. Amen? Stand on your feet. Let's thank God. Pastor Wilson, come and help me close. Yeah, clap unto the Lord. Clap unto the Lord. Clap unto the Lord. I live for Jesus day after day. I live for Jesus. Let come what may. The Holy Spirit, I will obey. Day after day Goodbye world and foolishness I'll stay no longer with you Goodbye pleasures of sin I stay no longer with you I've made up my mind To go God's way the rest of my life I've made up my mind to go God's Thank you for listening to this message. You will be blessed when you do the things that you have heard. You can make a brand new start in life by becoming a child of God. It's as easy as believing in your heart as you say the following prayer. Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. Jesus, Come into my heart today and be my Lord and Savior. 
I declare right now that I am born again. In Jesus' name, Amen. Congratulations if you just said that prayer. It is important that you join a Bible-believing church immediately so that you grow in knowing Christ. We would love to have you visit our church in Abuja, Nigeria. For more information about this ministry, you can visit our website at www.fwcabuja.org. God bless you. Family Worship Center. We care.